To the Tom Dupree Show. We've got Missy Clifton sitting in, and I heard some rustling that they're going to be talking a little politics, maybe, perhaps. But first, a psalm. Okay, Psalm 25. I'm just going to start reading from the ESV, English Standard Version. It's a little easier to understand than the King James, but. Psalm 25, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Interesting word combo. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths, lead me in your truth, and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, for you I wait all the day long. So this is Harry Nilsson, N-I-L-S-S-O-N. I think maybe one of the first songs he ever put out that became popular was that song, Me and My Arrow. Straighter than narrow. You remember that song? And then he's had other ones like put the lime in the coconut. Put the lime in the coconut. You do that so well. Anyway, so I never knew the story about Harry Nilsson. He was born to a very poor family. They lived in the Bedford Stuyvesant section of, I don't know if it's in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens. It's in New York City, very poor area. At three years old, his father left the family. The mother, it was just total impoverishment. They were of a Swedish background. Nilsson is a Swedish name. Uh, When he was like a teenager, he moves to Los Angeles just to get away from his family. So he moves as far away in the continental U.S. as he can go. He was working like as a computer input guy for a bank. And he starts studying melodies. Of course, this is before the days of the internet where you could just get online and start jacking around with 
something on YouTube. He just starts doing this stuff, and he starts on his own writing songs. And somebody discovers him, and then they figured out he could somewhat sing. He could play the keyboards, and he just began to do that. Um, and he began to have these songs that were just interesting songs. He got to the point that when the Beatles were asked at one point in the late 60s, early 60s, this is the late 60s, what is your favorite American popular music group? John Lennon replied, Nilsson. He thought that Nilsson was the name of a group because Harry Nilsson always went by Nilsson. If you look at his albums, that's like Nilsson Schmilson. You know, the different names out there, son of Nielsen. I mean, he had this bombastic personality. Problem is, he also had a severe alcohol and drug problem. When he got together finally with John Lennon, who could be a bit of a bad boy himself, it actually exacerbated that behavior. And they were actually thrown out of different joints in Los Angeles for misbehaving, tearing stuff up you know, really getting in trouble together. And, uh, you know, sadly, he dies at like age 43. Had six or seven children by his final wife by that age. I mean, just compressed all this living. Uh, I just ordered his, uh, the CD set from eBay that's done all his albums on RCA. It's 17 discs. Good grief. 17 discs. That's like probably 150 to 170 songs. The guy was incredibly prolific. And John and Paul knew songwriting. That they could identify. Because the Beatles, and he was called the American Beatle because he was so incredibly good. Came from this incredible. I'm using that word too much. Just like, can I ask you a question? He came from this background that was uber difficult. And so there you have it. Now, to our text, it's not really politics. I like to talk about government. I don't think the numbers can get much worse for the Democrats. How do I know when it's really bad? The people I know on Facebook that have been stridently supportive of the Democrats and Joe Biden and things just simply haven't had much to say, not only for weeks, but for months. There is nothing to say. There's nothing redeeming about anything that's going on. The Republicans, meanwhile, are staying mum. They're rubbing their hands. Boy, are we going to have a landslide in 2022, these midterm elections. Even the left-winger press people are saying it's going to be a disaster for the Democrats. And maybe it will be. But rest assured, the Republicans, as we know them, will find a way to screw this up.
and royally because they love big government too. Case in point, Mitch McConnell, his little uh, saying the other day is, when we get in charge, we will turn Joe Biden into a moderate. Guess what that means? Joe Biden and you will be exactly alike. After all, we're all senators, aren't we? We like big government. Big government, to the extent that it grows, is a thing that the Republicans like and the Democrats like. How many? So I'm gonna. This is gonna lead into what Missy's getting ready to say. She's drooling at this How point. How do you know what I'm gonna say? Uh, you said you told me. Um, the deal is. How many Republicans have you seen celebrating? I mean, really celebrate, other than the Marjorie Taylor Greene types that we've already been told are crazy and unmanageable and make it difficult to govern, according to Congressman Upton from Michigan, a Republican, good Republican, been there 36 years, and his job is to govern. And the Marjorie Taylor Greens make it difficult. How many Republicans, have you seen rejoicing the fact that it took some judge in Florida to do away with masks on airplanes? Very few. Why? Because they like big government, too. All right. Gosh, you it's like I feel like a kid in a candy store right now. I don't even know which way to go. But, you know, the when we were going to talk about the mass mandate overturn because um, I was pretty hot on that. And if, if anyone hadn't been following the whole situation, the case was that the Health Freedom Defense Fund representing two women um, who, you know, just had had enough of being forced to submit to to the to the mass mandates. They were big travelers. They brought about this lawsuit back over a year ago. So you're telling me it's a couple of passengers yes. that basically yes. got this whole yes. thing going? Yes, yes, yes. God, yes. And, oh, the average person can't do anything. That's right. But And they did it over a year. It's, it's been almost, a, I think it was June or July of 2021 when they brought this lawsuit. And, um, you know, basically that, that what they were, what they, what they brought the lawsuit was on the premise that, the administration, um, you know, the, 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 you have to submit to medical products, procedures, and devices against their will was was the issue. So they sued Biden, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, blah, 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 um, the CDC, the USA, and that, you know, they came up, the decision was made by this judge, this U.S. judge in Florida, that uh, the mass mandate was arbitrary and capricious. And so it was thrown out and, and remanded back to the CDC. So small case for celebration. But at the moment, you know, so now it's just going to go back to the CDC. Well, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the CDC. There is overwhelming evidence, overwhelming evidence of the enormous amounts of corruption at the highest levels of the CDC, the FDA, the NIH. There are activities they, Primarily, they, you mean collusion with collusion. the drug Collusion. They are deliberately the suppressing any negative safety and efficacy data about mass mandates, COVID, you know, COVID vaccinations, because you know, let's, it, it just comes down to it's safe and effective. How many times do you, it's safe and effective, safe and effective. So, number one, 
How can anyone know that all experts agree that it's safe and affected if those that disagree are not allowed to speak up? And we see no public debate of the pros and the cons. And number two, how do they know that it's safe and effective if no time has passed for them to actually come up with that data that would prove that they it's don't. safe and effective? So they the don't. The answer is they can't. The answer is they, that's exactly right. All right. And so now, <laughs> either there was a max vaccine injury of, of such epic proportions that has not been reported, or our military has been very unhealthy for the last several years, and the Pentagon completely has lost control of the surveillance of the health issue of health the health issues of our soldiers for years. Either way, you haven't heard anything about it. Okay, so so what we know is that. Wait, wait a minute, hold on. You interrupted me because just well, you stopped two, just minute. three weeks ago. Well, you looked at me funny. I'm not. I'm. This is this is this is. It part. ain't about looking. All right. April 9th, 2022, just a few weeks ago. And, you know, actually, in the next segment of this, we're going to be talking to um, a a vet who was wounded, who's trying to do good things for his fellow soldiers. I'm actually wondering what sort of post-traumatic stress disorder is going to be felt by our military today for what they've gone through. And so we've got... Unquantifiable. Robert Snow. Robert Snow was the captain of a, an, in the cockpit of an Airbus 321 just three weeks ago. He lands his plane. Six minutes later, it lands a plane of over 200 people. Six minutes later in the cockpit, he has a cardiac arrest, and it was completely due to the vaccination. There, there's no, they're not saying it wasn't. It was due to the vaccination. This man, after landing an Airbus, an Airbus passes out and has a heart attack. In February, U.S. Navy fighter pilot crashed a $100 million plane 72 hours after receiving his booster. Myocarditis is, is suspected, but they're not talking about it. Why has Merck or Pfizer or whoever it is hired 2,400 new people? New people to investigate. Yeah, letting the thing. Okay, now that's... Very powerful stuff. I want to kind of, but look at the bigger picture. And the that's not that that it's not that that's not the big picture, but it's part of the big picture. To me, the really big big picture is that the things that we have trusted, government, institutions, big businesses, no longer are there to protect us because. There is no morality in so many of these organizations. There's no governing force for good. In fact, they've actually co-opted the medical profession into being their whistleblowers and many other people at, at many levels of the educational system, law enforcement to some degree. The military has been co-opted. So these things that we've looked to, you know, to provide us a firewall against disease, against evil, malfeasance, and things like that. So in many ways, this is not to say that those organizations 
are entirely corrupt or full of corrupt people, the corruption tends to be more at the top. That's kind of the nature of power. Absolute power or power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yes, that is true. It's almost like a mathematical equation. And people, when they are in the realms of power, they don't think in terms of really looking out for those that they, they follow. So that's why on this show, we not only ask you to consider these things, but we talk about at the beginning and, and sometimes during the power of prayer, the power of relying upon God for guidance and leadership and to pray about and get guidance on the decisions you make concerning your health, your finances, your vote, uh, things that you do that interact with other kinds of, of things in the world. You know, and, and, and you should be sensitive to the fact that there aren't a lot of really good guardrails right now. No, and you've got, you know, you have people who are trying to do the right thing and get information out in front of people. You've got Thomas Rentz, who's a uh, R-E-N-Z, is a you know, attorney who has taken on quite a few of these cases. Um, for instance, you know, you, you have to remember, pilots have to pass frequent, their rigorous health exams. They just, you know, so having a heart right. attack after landing a plane should be pretty darn next to rare because they pass the test to be flying anyway. Yeah. So th this this is a little unlikely. Um, but let's focus on what the average person can do. You know, in terms of okay, and, and but to protect you, themselves and right. their families. You talked about you talked about it being up at the upper levels. What I'm suggesting is is that it trickles down and people remain silent and and unquestioning because they're scared of losing their jobs. Being um, you know, I've been in the investment upon. business for 44 years, and I've lost my job probably five times. And I always had to come back and reinvent a new job. And you know what? Every time it got better. Well, that's great. I'm, and I'm glad. I am, I, and I'm glad to hear that. I mean, it can I, happen with anybody. But, but, you know, doctors who have spent their whole lives, uh, you know, working in a particular institution and moving their way up in a hospital, you know, they're, people, people just, people aren't. People have to, to recreate yourself over and over again would be pretty scary. But and, and they've got they've already got skin in the game. They have money and investment, you know, they've got four hundred one K plans. But you got, know what? I've got skin in the game too. All right. Every I, all right. No, well, I'm, so I, I'm different. No, I'm just saying that there are You gotta be willing to walk uh, away okay. if there's corruption. If, you, instead of keeping quiet, you have to be willing to walk away. All right. So the professor that's, you know, trying to reach tenure or, you know, anybody that, that is being rewarded for the time on the job obviously would have hesitancy. Trying to reach tenure. What is going on at most universities nowadays? They are woke as all get out. So do you just sort of say okay? That I agree good. with. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just simply saying, you know, if you buy into the system, the system will own you. And, and absolutely. I agree with you on that one. So, I All mean, right. So the CDC says that myocarditis is rare, yet um, already you've got that's coming, you know, come out on the family, you know, on social media. I've seen all kinds of family practice doctors who are now putting notices in their window 
student it's athletes. It's like a disclaimer. Yeah, a disclaimer. And there, what it sa- and I'll, I'll read it to you. It says, sports physicals are done primarily to make sure you are not at high risk for sudden cardiac death on the playing field. COVID vaccinations affect your risk in huge bold letters. In response to worldwide experience in vaccine adverse effects monitoring, we are adopting a more precautionary sports physical sign-off policy. If you have received doses of any COVID vaccination, we will not be able to clear you to compete in sports without performing lab work and possibly an echocardiogram to rule out any potential heart damage that's in the pretty much says it i think that says it all yeah i mean and do you as a parent know that when you you know when you hauled your 13 year old 14 year old you know son to go get his you know vaccination thinking you were doing the right thing i don't have a 13 year old and i didn't need to get a vaccination so (laughs) that's that's a um that's a moot point but i mean the point is there are not a lot of guardrails in government. There are not a lot of people that you can trust. It's said in the Bible that they came to a place where every man did what was right in his own eyes. You can try through prayer and just read the Bible to do what God wants you to do. And, and that that's a better answer than mine, which is just you always say, what can you do? And it's it's. Not a better answer. It's just a different answer. Why is your answer not as good as mine? It's my turn. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton sitting in. We are going to go to the second half of the hour where we've got... We don't really fight. I mean, it's not really a fight. let me finish. Where we've got Ray Centeno joining us, um, who is a veteran trying to do good things. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes. No, I can't forget Gotta get up, gotta get out Gotta get home before the morning comes What if I'm late, got a big day Gotta get home before the sun comes up Up and away, got a big day Sorry, can't stay Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton sitting in. This half of the hour, we have Ray Centeno as our guest. He is the founder and CEO of No Warriors Left Behind. Take it away, Tom. Okay. This music is by Harry Nilsson, who was an incredible talent. He died at age 42 or 3. Severe uh, heavy drinker, um, drug use, the whole nine yards. Wonderful, um, very prolific songwriter. Uh, friend of John Lennon, uh, 
of the Beatles, they would sometimes drink together, and it could be very dangerous when that happened. But uh, Harry, his music just doesn't get played very much these days, and so that's what we kind of try to do is cover some things that the average uh, media uh, will not show you. When I think I was, you've had him before. I think you've used him before. Well, I mean, you could use him every show for the next year. Yeah, he's got that much music out there. All right, let me talk about Ray for a minute. Um, when I was on the way to uh, Arizona, I met Ray in the airport. We started talking. I immediately locked onto the fact that he was um, engaged in a very difficult and perhaps often thankless uh, job of trying to rescue uh, veterans who are on the edge of self-destruction or uh, falling over that edge. And um, so, in a sense, he uh, lays it out there uh, to help uh, some of those most misunderstood and uh, very difficult to reach and help uh, members of our community, uh, the veterans who've been harmed by uh, post-traumatic stress uh, type injuries, uh, mental and physical, um, drug abuse, alcohol, all kinds of things to try to deal with what is going on in their minds and hearts and heads. So in that sense, that alone is, is, is worth talking about. But he also has an organization called No uh, Warriors Left Behind. He's based in Cincinnati, Ohio, Ray Centeno, uh, thank you for being on the Tom Dupree show today. And uh, I guess my first question to you might be, um, how did you end up doing this stuff? Well, Tom, first, uh, uh, thank you for having me. Um, the idea uh, was born after my own dealing with the demons or dark side of war. I went through a, a, a period that I, I was um, very stressed. I lost my job. And uh, by the grace of God, I was able to like put myself together and go into the computer and start researching organizations that could help me during that time. And so, <clears throat> thank God there was there are some really good organizations out there. So after I was able to uh, pull myself together, I have the idea, why don't I build something where... Other people that are in my and they are in the same situation I was don't have to invest so much uh, time and energy researching organizations that could help help them. So, so my idea came out to just make a, a mobile app where I can list different uh, organizations that will help. Uh, different veterans because not every veteran needs the same help. There's veterans that dealing with amputees. There's veterans that 
dealing with traumatic uh, brain injuries. And uh, so I try to put a list of um, organizations that can help with that. And and, and that kind of like build out to like maybe have a, a list of veteran-owned uh, uh, businesses so we can stay together, we can help each other in different ways. Yeah, and Ray, this is Missy Clifton. Um, I thought it was really wonderful. I, I did a little bit of a background uh, search on your app, and it is just a very comprehensive, um, easy-to-use uh option to connect vets to all the resources and as you just mentioned to whatever that that particular that that resource that they need specifically what's the name what's that app called you're no warriors right no warrior left no warriors right left behind organization make sure you it's plural the word warriors because there's a no warrior left behind organization that's different right and You know, um, Ray, I I would like to hear a little bit about, um, I think what I saw in some of your bio information was uh, you're a veteran of the U.S. Navy. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. All right. And and where did you do your tour? I did my tour in Iraq in 2004. Right. Um, Some of the... So so you came back when, what year? Um, I was deployed to Iraq in 2000, early beginning of 2004 and I was uh, returned in July 2004 and then I was medically retired in 2008. Okay. And and I know that uh, just from the, some of the things that I've read, um, you, you give a lot of credit to uh, your mom. She was uh, apparently a very strong woman of faith. Could you talk a little bit about her? Oh, uh, sure. Yes, uh, it wasn't until later on in life that I realized that my mom was keeping us on track by using the Bible. Uh, everything that she would tell us, like um, I remember she always said, if you help a person, make sure you help all the persons, no one person because of their uh gender or color or whatever, treat every, everybody the same way. And that's, you know, one of the many examples that I can look back and she always said that, um, that all, all things work for good for those that, you know, believe in God. So all that stuff kind of like resonated with me when I lost, my job for a second time in 2012. Uh, Ray, I have a question. Um, in Iraq, and and I, if it if it's too personal, you don't have to answer. Uh, but did you suffer um, TBI or some sort of traumatic uh, event uh, that would have? Uh, been the result of having been in battle? Um, we were uh, deployed uh, to move cargo. We were uh, putting together the, 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 the truck that were going to be sent up the, what we call up the line into country, on, into the battlefield to go to Fallujah, go to 
Baghdad, go to the different provinces of Afghanistan. Uh, my experience <clears throat> was I, I had an injury during my work hours. We were actually, uh, we were the, we did the largest ammo movement since World War II. We did it in, in Kuwait. And I had an injury on my left leg. They developed into a blood clot. And I had a blood clot going to my lungs. And I was found uh, laid outside unconscious. Oh, my gosh. So you had to go through a significant amount of uh, medical rehab. They probably gave you blood thinners, and I don't know that you can surgically remove a, a, a blood clot in the lungs. Uh, no, they uh, they actually didn't think I was going to make the Humvee ride to the helo that was going to medevac me out. And uh, they medevaced me to the Kuwaiti Medical Center. And uh, they were not able to diagnose what had happened to me. But some people say that I had already died because I lost my body functions. I, I, I basically, I went to the bathroom myself. Right. Okay, Ray, let me ask you this question. Um, yeah, my wife said I can't ask any more questions. Okay, I'll make a statement then. No. Uh, you know, what was it, and I think I maybe know the answer, that made you want to take the pain that you had suffered and use it to help others with their pain. And it goes back to what Missy asked me, what she stated. It goes back to uh, my mother. Um, because we are given, I believe, that we're given experiences in lives. They are meant, they're not meant for us, not just to go through them, but to also share them because there are other people that may be going through that same experience. And so with that in mind, I, uh, I try, I'm still trying to help other veterans. I have uh, one good experience and I have one bad experience. Well, tell us about the good one. <laughs> Yes, the good one, um, a friend of mine, I have texted him, and I didn't hear him for him, from him for a little while. Finally, when he texted me back, he said that he had spent uh, seven days in the psych war here in Cincinnati because he was going to commit suicide. And so I got to talk to him. He has a beautiful family, wife, two kids adorable little girl. And so I 
I was kind of puzzled at first, and I called this other friend of mine, who's a Marine, and he has a farm, and he uses the farm to help veterans. And he told, he said, well, let's go to his house. At first, I was kind of concerned about going without telling him, but my friend Jeremy said to me, well, I'd rather, you know, hurt his feelings that led him to commit suicide. So we showed up, and him, my friend, and Jeremy just hit it off, and they they liked the same things. They never had met the other, my other friends from the Army. And thanks to Jeremy's idea, um, the, my other friends called me like four weeks later and thanked me for going to his house. Don't you think that was divine intervention? Yes. Yes. Uh, right now, I mean, they both, uh, actually, I called Jeremy before this uh, interview to ask him if I can, you know, name him because he's doing a really excellent job out there with, uh, when my friend, well, he told me that that was not the only time he had attempted to take his life. We're speaking with him. Go ahead. Sorry, Ray. I'm sorry. It, just... it, it seems like it was the last time he attempted it. We're speaking with Ray Centeno, C-E-N-T-E-N-O, uh, who has created an app called No Warriors, that's plural, Left Behind, which is an app that is designed to connect uh, veterans or maybe anybody that's suffering from some kind of stress-related problem uh, to help. And, Ray, let me ask you something. Uh, How do you uh, approve the different uh, service providers that you link people to on your app? Uh, since this whole project has been uh, solely me and funded and managed by me, I have used many of the organizations that have helped me, and then other organizations I call and I screen them because I have found that they, just like everything, their people there uh, that might not be as committed as I am to help veterans. You know, Ray, um, when I was looking up, uh, you know, reading your, your organization, which is No Warriors Left Behind, I was thinking, you know, No Man Left Behind. And I actually looked it up just to get some, I don't know, you know, I, I knew it had something to do with the military, but it's just such a it's such a simple and clear statement, and uh, I'm sure that the basic principle is ingrained in every soldier. But I loved this 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 sentence that was attached to it as I was reading it. it. Said he is not to be concerned with his own welfare, but with the welfare of his fellow brothers. And you certainly are concerned with the welfare of your fellow brothers, which is really wonderful. Thank you. 
And I, you have a son, I read, um, that you're very, very proud of. Tell us, uh, he's, he's maybe, he's how, I don't know how old he is or if we want to talk about him, but I know you're a proud father. If, if you want to leave it at that or tell us a little about it. Sure. No, uh, I love talking about my son. Uh, uh, he's 22. Um, he right now is in Arizona, which was, what I was doing when I met Tom, Tom was going to Arizona to me to visit his son, and I was going to Arizona to visit my son. That's great. And and uh, uh, he's going to school there, and I just went and spent a couple weeks there with him, and he was instrumental uh, during the hard times that I was going through because I always wanted to have a family or have a, a kid. And so I was fortunate enough to have a gift from God and my son. And so that was pretty much like a tangible uh, object that I could hold on to continue going, which it doesn't work the same way for everybody because we are all uh, we all deal with our, our, our wounds our mental wounds differently and for, for me uh, my faith and my son um, got me through yeah that's that is really beautiful let me ask you a question if somebody yeah she always gets on my case about that you know, it's just part of it. Being married, you know, they're gonna they're gonna give you at the worst possible time. Sometimes, how do you have a, a website or something, or how do people get to the app if they want to use the app, or perhaps they would like to uh, contribute to what you're doing? Um, the app is uh, right now. This is like the the pilot. Uh, uh, right now I'm working on uh, updating it right now it's in uh, it's free on Apple uh, I had it in Android also but the platform I was using closed down so it's no longer in because uh, I had to use the third party platform um, there is a a blog, it's called No Warriors Left Behind, and then you can find information. And there is a um, Facebook page. The Facebook page, <clears throat> I, I need to do some work with it, but the one that I use most of the time, or all the time, is Instagram. And it's No Warriors Left Behind. And I post things in there that I think will help um, other veterans like working out or, you know, doing things physically, uh, doing uh, things, you know, spiritually stuff so they can uh, find some help. Hey, Ray, thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Ray Centeno. 
In the second hour, we will have our financial guys joining us, and we're going to be continuing our Evergreen series on uh, the, this week's topic is, Are You Ready to Retire? So stay tuned. We'll be back in a few minutes. And thank you again, Ray, for joining us. Thank you. We could dance until the quarter to ten. 